Hello, and welcome back to the Based on What podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Calvin. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Uh, Matt, how has it been now that school's out? Uh, I got to be real with you, Calvin. It has been rather rough. All this yeah, Fortnite plan, all this Fortnite plan, I don't know how much more I could take. <laughs> now, I need some really want to come out as a Fortnite player on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they already knew. I was, I was our our audience of four okay. people, I, I doubt that any of them are in the dark about my Fortnite habits. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something else. I feel like this year went by so fast, like school-wise. Oh, it like, did because, I mean, it started and then it was I, over. Exactly, exactly. And being in online school, it's like you finish your work in two seconds and then the yeah. teacher says, okay, you can leave. And then you go and like play Fortnite or browse Reddit or scroll reels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, it's like most days you sort of, I still wake up early. I've been staying on my course, normal like six schedule. Yep. yep. Um, and I, I do all the stuff I'm supposed to do. I do my reading and my exercising, mm-hmm. but I have so much more free time. And yeah, and most of that time gets spent like playing video games or just sitting around, um, yeah. which is not, not necessarily a bad thing. It's good to have some time off. But I think that I do have a lot of stuff going on this summer and my mm-hmm. free days during the vacation. I got to actually do something more productive. Yeah. Well, and it's just like I, I finish all of my goals for the day in the morning, like I'll read and, you know, whatever. Um, and then I'll be done by like 10. And then I'm left with the rest of the day to do whatever I want. And mm-hmm. I have not, no planned or structured activity. So I kind of just, you know. As John Fortnite said, <laughs> when absolute freedom occurs, freedom has truly left us. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. Riveting. <laughs> riveting. Uh, <laughs> you have any, any big plans for the summer? Are you going to be uh, going anywhere? Well, well, Calvin, you should know, as well as, as, well as I, that this – Friday, we are going to be going to Washington, D.C. D.C. with Drake. With Drake. Check him out on YouTube, uh, at Drake Plays. (laughs) (laughs) Epic Lab. Oh, that's right. He changed it. Well, uh, anything else? You uh, going on any vacations or anything? (laughs) No, not really. I mean, I'm probably going to be going to the beach or something later this summer. But yeah, right now, I am just kind of chilling. I will be visiting uh, Dixie, the Southland. Dixie, uh, oh no! I'm gonna be gonna be driving uh, to Florida and maybe sometime in uh, Mississippi. Also, we'll see. Mississippi, um, but but hey, yeah, spell that, spell that. a lot of a lot of Waffle House, a lot of fried chicken, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of barbecue. Hopefully, maybe some fishing in there. A bit of fishing, but, but yeah. So <laughs> I watched Hamilton recently. Whoa! Um, I, I did not I, see that coming. I mean, wait. So when did you watch it for the first time? On okay, Disney I Plus? watched it last. So uh, for the first time, I watched it um last year on like July third. So basically a year ago, I guess. Um, because it came out then. But yeah, I watched it then for the first time, and I've seen it multiple times since then. Obviously. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like, yeah, I well, so, yeah. so I just watched it in June um of of 2021 and mm-hmm. we were both pretty much late to the party here because i believe it was released in 2015 and i know yeah. there was so much hype like yeah, literally exactly. so much hype everyone was talking about hamilton i never saw it i never even listened to the music until um june yep. and uh yeah i feel like i sort of missed out even as like a, it was such a cultural icon of, of, of yeah. the time um and it was well, like and i know in, you in the I political landscape a lot back in the day yeah yeah with donald trump just getting elected i did dunk on it then mainly because <laughs> i was just a cringy like seventh grader oh exactly uh, but, like, you actually like even, things that's disgusting <laughs> yeah exactly i i had someone that i knew who was obsessed with hamilton uh mm. and and let's just say that she was somewhat ridiculed for it um <laughs> but i i think Having seen it, obviously, it's very good. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a reason that everyone liked it so much. Uh, and I, I really do not have any actual criticisms of the acting or of the music. I think that the music, it is probably the best musical that I've ever seen. I haven't seen Jeez. too many, and I'm by no means an authority on the subject. Well, I am no fan of musicals, and I really enjoyed Hamilton. So, yeah, I think yeah. all the music something. is good. All the acting is good. Uh, in the Disney Plus cut, anyway, I thought it was uh-huh. amazing. 
Well, um, I think kind of a shame I didn't get to see a live. show. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, yeah. They're not even doing live performances anymore with the original cast. So, yeah. Too busy uh, doing lib stuff. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Making Moana 2 or whatever. Yeah, Moana 2. <laughs> When are we going to get a Hamilton to? That's what the people yeah, really come want. Come on, come on. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. He dies. <laughs> he dies at the end. Hey, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Come on. Yeah. Well, um, but but I do have some things to say about Hamilton. Like I said, oh, no, no criticisms of the music or of the acting. It was an outstanding mm-hmm. show. Uh, but I think that there are some certain historical and political critiques to be had here. And this oh, is something no. that I, I thought was very interesting as an observation. I said this to you earlier. Yeah. Um, that if you really think about it, despite that diverse cast of Hamilton, there is really only one uh, black character in the entire thing. And there are no like major black characters. The, the one black character is Thomas Jefferson's slave who appears like, yeah. briefly when oh, he yeah. first arrives in America. He's like, get me my it. bag or whatever. Exactly. In the entire, in the entire show, uh, all of the actual historical figures are white, which is, I mean, that's a, at least a little bit. I think with well, the, the sort of um, the hype about it being progressive and a retelling of American history, yeah. That there were um, there were black people who were active in the country. And, there yeah. were indigenous voices, and it's sort of just. It, I think it's the best way to express it is it's the liberal history of the United States Ooh. because it's sort of like it's still going to glorify the events of the revolution. And even mm-hmm. though the actors are diverse, the actual people involved were not. Were not there's not yeah. really any attempt to reckon with that. Well, I think, I think it would have been nice definitely to see like some things going on from, you know, an African-American perspective or like Native American pr- perspective. But I guess the problem is that during that time period, if we're talking about the major significant events like the revolution, I mean, you could, you could, there, they Really, it was just basically white men involved in the, the mm-hmm. whole thing, you know? So it'd be hard. I mean, you could tell there were obviously African-Americans who did significant things. Like there were, you know, um, soldiers and whatnot. But I think it's just more exciting to portray the um, the better known figures, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like the ones who did all of the well, but, so signing of documents and, and, and all that kind of if stuff. If I could have been in the room when this was being written. In the room where um, it happened. Yeah, in the room, in the proverbial <laughs> room where it happens, where Lil <laughs> Miranda was writing the show. So we could reference, bro. Um, in, if you think about this, sort of, uh, and, and one of the things that I know about George Washington is that his butler, who is an enslaved person, um, was, he was very close with his butler. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that he you can oh, yeah, say he was his right away, hand right? man. What? Uh, <laughs> like and he took his from... shot and ran away. Uh, but no, I I don't think that's actually the case. I think he was freed later on in life. Oh, but oh, basically, oh. just the fact he was very influential in George Washington's life. He would talk to him all the time. He went with him on campaign during the war, um, and that it, he had a, like a very close relationship with George Washington. Uh-huh. So that right there is a character who could have been in the show, but he sort of in the room where it happened. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, and, and it's it's little things like that. And I think it's when you look at the show, it, it is a interesting portrayal. But this is something that I've heard even uh, Lin Manuel Miranda referred to the Thomas Jefferson character at one point mm-hmm. um, because they're not supposed to be the most accurate portrayal of these people well they're, yeah, they're yeah characters it's like the thomas jefferson character the alexander hamilton character uh and it's more of a compelling story about their lives than it is actual history um which mm-hmm. is fine i like i said i still thought it was very good but yeah. i think that sometimes uh hamilton fans and liberals in particular <gasps> are very oh, no. very quick to jump on it and act like it is some like it now racism no longer exists yeah uh, and 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 it's just like the perfect reality uh and somehow this play <laughs> has completely destroyed all forms of of conservatism <laughs> and tradition and the problems yeah, yeah, in american yeah. history 
which is unfortunately not the case. Yeah. And well, it was good. I mean, it definitely, I don't want to denigrate. I think it was um, nice to see um, characters of different, you know, races and genders and whatever, um, or people playing, or the actors, you know, yeah, actors. just have a bunch of, uh, I guess, white guys playing all these like characters. Us. <laughs> <laughs> like us, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think um, it would have been, it definitely would have been nice to see, like, like his butler, or George Washington's butler, um, if he, I, I mean, I don't know much about him, but if he really was significant, I think that would have been cool to hear his story. Um, but I guess it's sort of just like this theme that we talk, you and I talk about a lot. Um, you know, liberal liberals, uh, they like to sort of get up close to uh, making a big change and then not really doing it. Like they easily could have made the story through the lens of, they could have told the story through the lens of that guy or any other mm-hmm. um one well, or any other matter, combination of people, but like they didn't. a completely different show, but in the same historical period. Having uh, read that one book, uh, Black Jacobins, um, mm-hmm. that you could just as easily make a Hamilton-style show about the Haitian Revolution because there were mm-hmm. so many colorful characters involved. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, that's a story that has also been told many times, just like the American Revolution. But it's not like... Uh, white men were the only ones who had any form of power or historical influence at that time. You could yeah. tell a story about someone else. It's it was a deliberate choice uh, not to. Well, I yeah, think. I think they. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was like a, a intentionally racist play, but I'm just saying yeah. that it is still the the dominance of white people they, in history from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I and also to do. Oh, of, yeah, yeah. Please. They sort of just shared the, yeah, they basically just shared the um, traditional story of what happened. Uh, let me recollect my thoughts. <laughs> can't remember what I was saying. Well, uh, since, since you're still confused here, one more thing that I'd like to add in is okay. to put on my, uh, my critical feminist lens here. Oh, no. Uh, my hat. <laughs> oh, no, so I'm shaking in terror. Um, Please, also, no. also in this show, um, although some attempt was made basically all of the main characters who who do important things are men and the women in the show are in basically mostly only a romantic role well do you mean Uh, you mean like characters played or the 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 character no the characters yeah um and i think that that is also sort of in the same line as the the race problem is that for a, a progressive show that was so loved by liberals um, it's basically not, doesn't include any strong female characters at all. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's a, a, yet another sort of political critique of it. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the same thing, like we were talking about earlier, they could, they could have told the story through a very different lens, but I think their goal was not to start some sort of revolution or whatever. Um, no, but you ever whatever I, to say. They didn't want to be revolutionary. They just wanted to tell the story, the classic story. Fiction, though, like there were women in America who had influence. Mm-hmm. And they you just cut out really bad, bro. I did not hear you. Yeah. Let me say that again. There were at that time in history, there were women who did important things, and yeah. they are not included at all in the story. I don't think it would have had to change the story or the perspective completely but they're just sort of left out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely true, but I think the goals of this, I think the goals of the goal of this was just to tell the classic story that we've all been hearing. Oh yeah. To tell the classic story. No, no, no. I know. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good goal or a bad goal. I'm just saying (laughs) that what they were trying to do was tell the traditional story of American history. And they weren't trying to include any new perspectives or anything like that. Which is, I would probably say, is a bad thing. But that is, their goals were very different from what probably our goals would have been if we were making such a uh, such play. Such a, a production. <laughs> such a production, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. all in all, I thought it was very good. I enjoyed Hamilton. I've been listening to the music basically nonstop since I watched it. Um, yeah. Nonstop? No, the man is nonstop. <laughs> um, but but yeah, all in all, a very good show. Um, just a, a couple of things that I think could have made it better. Um, 
And that sort of brings us right into the real oh. topic Uh-oh. for today's episode. Real? <gasps> so um, this was already sort of planned in advance. But one mm-hmm. thing that was the only real criticism of the last episode we heard is that we sort of agreed on everything. Yeah. Um, so this episode, we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be uh, talking I'm... about something that we disagree on. Oh, so, uh, no. So Matt, oh, no. Um, what are sort of going to be the, the ground rules for today's so debate? Let me, let me lay this out. Today, we are going to be discussing, I think the central question we wanted to answer was, it was the American Revolution, um, I guess, useful to everybody <laughs> but yeah so, well, so I, what I'm I think thinking, the question is is the american revolution a net positive yeah for yeah, history yeah, in yeah. general perfect um but so what i'm thinking is we could sort of uh you could you could do your opening statement or an opening statement if you want to um and then i guess i'll go and then we can sort of go from there yeah um and i and I as always wanna... no preaching and yeah, no creation. I just want to preface this by saying I am still very uh, conflicted in my views on this. I'm sort of figuring it out. But for the purposes of today. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, for the purposes of today, <laughs> Matt will be basically in the role of pro-America revolution. <laughs> um, and and I, will be, I will be challenging this a little bit because that is, I would say, basically the universal opinion of people <clears throat> in the United States. Um, even people on the left uh, will just sort of by default um, support it. Uh, so, so yeah, we're we're just going to talk a little bit. So, yeah, go do first a little discussion. You said you're going to go first. Oh, I said uh, I can. Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, so here's the deal, and uh, a good part of this is based off of a very good book, The Counter Revolution of 1776 which I would recommend that you read yourself. I will say that the arguments in it are extremely thorough, by which I mean that he will provide uh, many examples for his point, and it is a rather long book, but uh, still, still recommend, and that's where a lot of this argument is gonna come from. So when you look at the history of revolutions, all the big mm-hmm. ones, Haitian Revolution, French Revolution, Russian Revolution, uh, and you look at how they've actually impacted uh, human history and progressive causes, we see that sometimes they are in favor of the majority and of the oppressed. Uh, for example, you can clearly see in the Haitian Revolution that the slaves rose up and took their freedom and their independence from their colonial oppressors of the French. We can mm-hmm. see clearly in the French Revolution that the French working class rose up against the nobility that were denying them of their access to even basic things like food and housing, uh, and that they were able to at least briefly secure a new form of society, which was more Mm -hmm. democratic and more just. But when you look at the American Revolution, the cause was less noble than these revolutions. Oh, often, And then it is often portrayed uh, because the real motivator here um, is very obviously as an uncontroversial opinion to basically evade taxes, say glorified tax evasion scheme. Um, they were unsatisfied with the taxation put upon them by the British, uh, and they wanted democratic representation, but they mostly wanted to be able to conduct business without interference from a government at all. Uh, and we can also see from the counter-revolution of 1776 that at least in part, and maybe a large part of this revolution was to defend the institution of slavery because the British government was moving to abolish slavery eventually. Uh, and shortly before the revolution, this sort of thing became a concern in the Americas because they wanted to preserve the slavery that was so profitable for them. And that's what it really <gasps> oh, all comes no. back to. It's all about the money. money it's all about and the Benjamins. Profit. And when, yep. when the, the, as we call them, the bourgeoisie, oh, uh, no. see a threat to their profits, then they will even revolt against their government to preserve mm-hmm. that. So it was not a revolution, but a counter-revolution by reactionaries who wanted oh, no. to preserve slavery, preserve capitalism, and to protect themselves from having mm-hmm. to be regulated at all. 
Okay. Thank you. <laughs> take a bow, take a bow. Well, all right. I do not have, so I did not prepare uh, an opening statement, but I am just going to sort of, uh, I guess, respond and also introduce my arguments. Um, okay. So yeah, just do like an opening statement first to sort yeah, of uh, okay. set up your, okay, your argument enough. and then we can respond to each other. So um, I think that the, there, I don't know how much you guys know, the listeners at home and you, Calvin, about the economic situation before the um, American Revolution. I mean, obviously, I like to say that it was an economic revolution because uh, for a lot of the same reasons you cited. Um, but I think the so there was the French and Indian War, right? And that left these folks in downright destitution. destitution. They, were poor, they were cripplingly poor. Nobody could afford anything. People, people were being evicted left and right. And then all of a sudden, the British government comes and starts taxing them everywhere and forcing them to you know, quarter soldiers and pay taxes on basically everything. Um, and so they were obviously very unhappy. Uh, so the colonists, who I believe were the oppressed ones, uh, decided to fight back against the British, who were oppressing them and taking advantage of their poor economic situation and hoping that they would not be able to rebel. Um, further, I think that you could certainly make the argument that slavery had something to do with this. But I think the Civil War was basically inevitable because of how deeply rooted slavery was in the South. Um, and I think even if the British, if they had stayed with the British, there probably would have been some sort of split or war or rebellion from the South um, before it was abolished. And I, I believe that it would not have, slavery would not have been abolished in the Southern parts of the United States any faster than if they had not, um, if they had not rebelled during the American Revolution. So basically, I think that the American Revolution was an attempt by the colonists to free themselves of the British and um, establish a democratic government where they could not be, where they could, they believed they would have more control in how they spent their money and how they were taxed. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, um, pretty, pretty good. I think that we have ourselves in store for a pretty solid uh, episode and a pretty solid debate here. I feel like the, it's the morning of the Slavoj Zizek Jordan Peterson debate. <laughs> <laughs> Except for uh, going my for hours. statement was not 45 minutes long. <laughs> well, mine um, was. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Um, I say we just get right into it. We don't need any real structure. We can just sort of go back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so, the first few things that I want to say here, and I did not research this. Um, that much yeah, ahead neither, of time. Neither did I. This is some some basic facts that I think are interesting. So, at the time of the revolution, um, it is believed anyway that around twenty uh, percent of the people in the thirteen colonies were loyalists to uh, the British crown. Um, it's not really known how many of them were patriots uh, or supported independence. But the number you often hear tossed around is that 3% of the colonists took up arms against the British, which is where we get the modern-day militia group, the 3%ers. Um, the 3%ers. And the rest of the people at that time were basically neutral. They just wanted to see what would happen before mm -hmm. they supported one side. They were like much. the liberals, if you will. Yeah, the, the liberals <laughs> of their time, if you will. Uh -huh. um, and... There is also the interesting uh, comparison here, which is that if you look at who these founding fathers are, um, mm -hmm. and you look at who was in command, both on the British side and on the American side, uh, that basically with the exception of Alexander Hamilton, most of the founding fathers and American commanders during the war were already quite wealthy. Um, most mm -hmm. of them were decorated military leaders, government officials, or business people uh, who had established themselves as being powerful in the colonies. Uh, and we can also, after the Republic was established, uh, if the argument is that one of the goals of this American revolution, uh, in quotation marks, was no. to establish a, a democracy or a republic, uh, 
when it was first founded and for many years afterwards, you could only vote if you were a white man who owned property, mm -hmm. which excludes a massive portion of the population. Even if we completely ignore women, slaves, at which obviously you shouldn't ignore them, but even among the white men who at that time held all the power, most of them couldn't even vote. Uh, mm -hmm. The people who were fighting in this war as soldiers in the Continental Army could not vote when they got out because some of them didn't even own land. Didn't so they were land. not yeah. granted the right to have influence in this so-called Republic. Mm -hmm. And with all this, this legacy and this hype that's built up legacy. Around, what is around, a legacy? Being, <laughs> around being the first Republic and having this influence on future Republics, it's really not a great record because obviously there is the the exploitation of women of people of color of mm -hmm. indigenous people of the poor mm -hmm. people and yeah. at that point the only people that you have left are the founding fathers who are the ones who started this war in the first place mm -hmm. and in my opinion that what that actually tells us is that these people like george washington thomas jefferson uh wanted to have this independence so that they could be the sole ones in charge of the country. Mm -hmm. They could rule over these poor white people, these slaves uh, mm -hmm. with ultimate authority. Now that the British are gone, they are the ones who own everything and control everything. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. most importantly, control the capital, the money. The money. Oh, no. Okay. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, you made a lot of points there. So I'm just going to sort of go through them, I guess. Um, okay, so I think one of the, the major things you said um, was that the founding fathers were already wealthy and that they were doing this to benefit themselves, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that it would have been unwise for them to, very unwise, for them to, mm, just, very unwise. <laughs> to just do this to, to uh, I guess, yeah, benefit themselves because they obviously need the support of you know, they need soldiers and they need people to make stuff. It takes a lot to run an army. So the cause has to be popular. And I think since the cause has to be popular, there must have been an actual problem that was affecting everyday people as well. So I, I don't think it makes sense that it was only the founding fathers who had something to gain from this. I think there was a hope that it would provide to many more people. Um, and I think you're definitely right that at the beginning, it wasn't like it. There were certainly people who were um, oppressed still, like obviously enslaved people and women couldn't vote. Um, and yeah, even many white men couldn't vote. But I think one of the important, an important part of the American Revolution, or what came out of the American Revolution was the Bill of Rights and, you know, other, just basically the, the idea that people have guaranteed rights. Um, and I think that obviously took a very long time to be fully realized, but it sort of set a goal and a baseline for the rest of American history to strive towards. And I think now we have mostly realized many of those um, ideas. And so I think the American Revolution, one of its biggest contributions was that it set up that idea and it gave us something to strive towards. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's, that is a, a very interesting point. Um, I think that the, the question is sort of all in the motivation of the mm -hmm. actual revolutionaries. Um, one, one other thing, this doesn't necessarily contribute to any side as evidence, but I just thought that this was interesting, is that uh, most of these soldiers during the war were not paid at all. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they were sort of under the assumption that after the war, they would be paid for their service. But while they were in the military, they were not receiving money. And this is in mm -hmm. a time period where most of them would have been farmers um, and sustain themselves off of the food they grew and the food that they sold. Oh. So they were essentially being asked to fight for the country without even having money to support their families. Mm -hmm. uh, and after the war, at least for a pretty significant amount of time, most of them were uh, either not paid or they were paid with continental dollars uh, Ugh, and various right. forms of currency that basically had no value because they were just mass printed out. Uh, <laughs> to pay these men. Um, and anyone with any knowledge of history or economics knows that you cannot, in fact, print large amounts of money. money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that 
and, and even this goes to the Civil War or any war for that matter, um, there are the people who genuinely believe in the the uh, seeming attributes of the cause uh, and basically the, the working class people. Um, mm -hmm. in, in the Civil War, in World War I, uh, there are the people who actually caused the war, the government people, the mm -hmm. heads of state, the business class, but the people who actually have to die are the working class folks. Generally, yeah, the working class, the the, the down to earth, salt of the earth folks, <laughs> uh, and and some of these people are even drafted into service. Uh, and mm -hmm. and the British obviously wanted to maintain their very profitable colonies. Um, and according to the argument in Counter Revolution of 1776, basically the reason that they wanted to abolish slavery is because slaves were a threat to the continued profitability of their colony because mm -hmm. they can revolt, they can resist, uh, and they would prefer a more stable method of income. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the, the American perspective, it's harder to pin down, sort of, because even though the Bill of Rights and the Constitution was all written, and when we look back, it seems like that was the point, mm -hmm. uh, those things, like you said, were not realized until much later, even long after all of the founding fathers mm -hmm. had died. So mm -hmm. what was their actual intention? Uh, what did they stand to gain from this? Because like I said, most of them were already pretty wealthy. They could have done just fine in colonial England, except for the taxes, which mm -hmm. I might point out are also taxes to help pay for a war, which was to defend them from an enemy nation. Uh, and although they were not represented in the English parliament, which is a problem of itself because generally representation is a good thing, mm -hmm. um, they were also not exactly being like completely mistreated, especially mm -hmm. not the founding fathers themselves. The people who are being mistreated by British soldiers and by British taxes are the poor folks who live in cities yeah. and get killed in the Boston Massacre and so on. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if the Bill of Rights and the Constitution were actually written for the benefit of humankind or progressive causes, or if they were mm -hmm. just written after the fact to justify the cost of Just war and prevent war. the soldiers from, from rising up against mm -hmm. these founding fathers who are in it for the money. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, as you said, many of the soldiers were not paid during the war or for a long time after, and some weren't ever paid. Um, but I think that sort of goes to show that there, I, that there was actually an important cause to be fought for, and that many of these men felt that, felt that it was important for sure. Because I think uh, as I mentioned before, the British, even though it may, it may have been, the taxes may have been justified, that doesn't mean people had to be happy about them. Um, and they were all in destitution after the war because they had to pay so much money for it. Uh, and then they were further taxed. And that really hurt, that obviously didn't hurt, you know, George Washington and the found, the wealthy founding fathers as much as it helped hurt the, the poorer working class folks. Um, so I think that the war, when it comes to it, it was not necessarily a war for the, I guess, the bourgeoisie, as you would say. Um, but I think it was a war to help the, the working class people who, who were shot and you know, killed in the Boston Massacre, as you said, or who actually had to fight because they were the ones suffering before the revolution. Well, yeah, I, not I, guess, I guess the, the most important point is the, mm -hmm. the common catchphrase of the revolution, no taxation yes. without representation. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be a little unfair to just say they only did it to evade taxes. What they were mm -hmm. actually fighting over is that they were taxed without having any vote in it. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that's a, at least a little bit weak just because obviously they would vote to not have taxes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like every libertarian nut job in the country. But you do <laughs> actually need taxes if you're going to have a country, especially in that time mm -hmm. period. Yeah. Um, the thing that bothers me, though is that if you're going to say no taxation without representation is the problem, the no representation part is the, the concern. That's why they went mm -hmm. to war. Then after the war, why at the, uh, it's not like they had representation after the war. If that yeah. was the actual complaint, uh, they, they did not remedy that. And it, I don't know, I can look up the year that um, 
uh, they had universal white male suffrage and then they, yeah. uh, black people were granted the right to vote and mm-hmm. then women were granted the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now we have problems with, with voter suppression and gerrymandering and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and if we're talking the years immediately after the war, you'd think if the war was actually about no representation, representation then yeah. in the constitution, they could just write all white men have the right to vote, but they didn't mm-hmm. do that because, uh, and if you're going to call me a class reductionist, which I'm sure that um, some people have, <laughs> um, that I think that's the, the most prominent example of this being a class conflict is property owner is literally just saying you have to be a certain level of wealthy to um, exercise power in the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would argue that we even still have things like that. They're just not codified into law as clear. Oh, no. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't, you admit that even now in the United States, if you want to have real political power, you have to have money, right? Well, yeah, of I think that most people would agree to that. So then where is this representation that the founding fathers promised us? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's certainly a good point. And I think, man, that's kind of a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've said this before, um, but I think really you, you, you're certainly right. Immediately after the revolution and for even many years following, there was not much benefit to many of the Americans and many, many of the, yeah, many of the people in general. Um, but I think that the, the significance of the revolution and something that I have not yet heard you, uh, I guess, bring, I up. Trying to bring up, yeah, is, is <laughs> is that it, it did eventually secure the rights and liberty, liberties for all people who live Life, in America. Life, liberty, and the pursuit, and the pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. Right, pursuit of property is actually what it originally said. I don't know well, if you uh, yeah, knew well, that one. Well, pursuit of happiness <laughs> meant the pursuit of property. No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to have to disagree with that one, but that's more of a topic for another time. Okay, um, okay. Well, yeah, so uh, overall, I think that the, well, the revolution, you're, you're right, the revolution did not immediately achieve much for many people, but I, I believe and I maintain that the significance of it was, was in the, um, what it did eventually achieve, and it's, it's the documents that it produced, like the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and how eventually, even after many years, um, you know, black people were given the right to vote, uh, women were given the right to vote, all white men were given the right to vote, and I think we still have not necessarily achieved all of the promises that those documents made. Like you said, you have to be very wealthy to run for office or hold office. But I think Unless that eventually it can't happen. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I guess sort of how I feel is that the founding fathers, after like all these, these wealthy, powerful, influential people, uh, mm-hmm. the main characters of Hamilton, basically, um, <laughs> that after the revolution was successful, if they truly believed in the things that they put in the constitution, then, I mean, they were all there. They had complete control. It's not like there was some other party that was forcing them to do what mm-hmm. they did. Um, yeah. they, they obviously intentionally did not believe in even suffrage for white men. Uh, they mm-hmm. wanted uh, a capital barrier. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and regardless of what happened afterwards, we know that the, these people who were supposed to glorify uh, in the United States, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Hamilton, Madison, um, that they, they did not believe in democracy uh, very clearly. And even if you're going to say, oh, it was a different time. Well, it was a even different in their time. time even, even in their time, uh, they did not believe that people that they would have been in contact with every single day like, I mean, George Washington, as I said earlier, he had a very close relationship with his butler, but not close enough, apparently, to believe that someone like that should have the right to vote mm-hmm. uh, or the mm-hmm. right to not be a property. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he also commanded thousands of soldiers who were willing to put their lives on the line for independence, but he didn't believe that those people should be allowed to vote either on this mm-hmm. mere basis that they did not own property, which mm-hmm. I think is a pretty flimsy. A little That's- sus. So, yeah, it's a little sus. It's almost like, yeah. Yo, 
I, uh, you cut yeah, out. I just you cut I, out real bad. What? Yeah, I know. I, I got a call, but, but I'm I was done saying that. Um, yeah. and, right. and I think if you look at the actual, what happened in the world after the revolution, I think mm-hmm. that um, I'm obviously coming at this from the perspective of someone who's very far to the left, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna. Bruh. Yeah, my AirPods are creaching now. This is ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Are you okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, so, so if you look at the actual history, that basically all of the history of the modern left and of the communism and socialism comes mm-hmm. from the French Revolution. Um, and I, historically anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I think that if you look at the American Revolution, that it had less of an influence on real struggles against oppression. It inspired the mm-hmm. French Revolution, I think, is something most people would agree. Um, but the future revolutions that are generally considered to be good are actually usually not inspired by the, the Americans. The revolutions mm-hmm. that I can think of as like Liberia. Um, but, but for the most part... Um, America has sort of been feared in some ways by other countries or been under our control, uh, mm-hmm. like Monroe Doctrine uh, and stuff like that, that our intention was to manipulate and to have influence over the Western Hemisphere. Uh, and I don't like this is some pretty niche history and I'm by no means an expert. But most of the South American countries uh, were either directly or indirectly inspired to independent struggles by this guy, uh, Bolivar, I think Simone mm-hmm. Bolivar. Um, mm-hmm. They were doing a, a struggle for their independence and self-determination um, and the right to vote and things like that. So one might argue, hey, they're struggling for their independence. They want a republic. So, so the real point here is... Um, the people in Mexico, Bolivia, Ecuador are overthrowing their imperialist oppressors so they can have republic, self-determination, democracy, uh, and the people in America also overthrew their colonial oppressors to, in theory, establish a republic. Um, So then why were these countries not great allies? Why didn't we always just say, hey, Mexico, we are glorious comrades to the South, uh, we we struggled together and we succeeded together. No, we, we wanted to dominate them. Uh, we wanted to extract wealth. We wanted to manipulate their government. Uh, mm-hmm. And and even in the, the longer ago past, I'm not talking about like the Cold War, that was Monroe Doctrine. That was the Mexican-American War. Our, our purpose is to take land from them, uh, to, to destabilize their government, because mm-hmm. we didn't agree with those causes i think is why that that happened because the actual goal of the american form of government since 1776 was to have wealthy people extract as much money as possible (gasps) and keep the economy running if if we actually wanted democracy why wouldn't we be the friend of democracy all over the world from our very foundation what and for that matter why didn't we support the french or the haitians when they had their revolution shortly after our country was founded. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I will certainly concede some of those points to you because um, I don't really, I, I think you have thoroughly convinced me of at least part of uh, your argument. I, I definitely agree. I think that the, and I know this is sort of going against the criticism we, we received from Jacob. <laughs> but I was but so I, powerful in my debating skills. So <laughs> yeah, and something like that. But I think, yeah, the, uh, the American Revolution, at the end of the day, um, I, I still will hold the belief that it, it did achieve stuff in the future. But I think from, the out, from immediately afterward, there is no good reason that I can see that they didn't just grant freedom and democracy to all, you know? Um, I think you could say the one the one argument you could make is that they didn't grant freedoms to enslaved people because they didn't want to start another war with the South, which is a weak point, um, but it is probably true. I think overall, overall though, I think you're right. 
as much as it pains me to say, <laughs> but they, they Western not... civilization is no more. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Well, yeah, as I said, I still believe that overall America has achieved good things. Um, but I think from the, at the beginning, you're right. They did not necessarily do all that they could have uh, in the way of granting everybody equal freedoms. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and I think we sort of uh, did this debate. Um, I'm not sure if I have like thoroughly convinced you or what my actual objective is. Um, and I don't think it's productive just like go around waving a flag that says death to America. The American <laughs> revolution was a bad thing. Um, but I think that it is, it is worth considering since it is such a default opinion in the United States, the revolution was good. Even if you're left wing, the revolution was good. Um, to, to ask, who are these founding fathers who we're supposed to venerate and what did they want? Uh, and, and how does that reflect in the modern day? Because mm -hmm. um, even if you take into account the, the argument, oh, it was a different time. Oh, they didn't want war with the South. At the, most of these people were rich, white slave owners mm -hmm. uh, who, who wanted to establish a form of government that would produce for them the most profit. Uh, and they mm -hmm. were successful. And as they say, history is written by the victors. So the victors in this case are the founding fathers. And we can see what history they want us to, to know. Mm -hmm. um, but there are plenty of other perspectives that are left out of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sort of a parting thought that I want to leave you with yes. um, is that, uh, as, as people should know, we both lived in Europe at one point. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I went to the United Kingdom a couple of times. Um, and I would read books there and watch TV occasionally. Um, and I noticed, I watched a couple of, uh, documentaries and like kids shows and stuff about the revolutionary war. Um, mm -hmm. and they have a very different perspective over there as one might expect. Yep. Um, and it's not the perspective of we were justified <laughs> to dirty American dogs, um, <laughs> but it's more in, in the United States when you're in grade school and they teach you about this, they say, um, the British were oppressive and they treated people terribly and they made them pay unfair taxes and basically that there was no redeeming value to them. Um, mm -hmm. And from the British perspective of their empire, they say that they were taxing everyone as much as they possibly could to pay off their debt. Um, and the Americans just couldn't take it and they revolted and it was more cost effective for them to leave than to keep fighting. Uh, mm -hmm. And something that I just want you to also think about historically is that at this time in history, there were other colonies of, of Great Britain, um, like Canada. Uh, there's a couple other places. Oh, well, yeah, but look how they right turned now. out. <laughs> yeah, but, but Canada did not revolt for their independence, even though they were probably treated similarly uh, at that time period. Um, and which country turned out better? I mean... None of them turned out that Obviously great. Obviously, America. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I, I think that you should just sort of consider some of the stuff I said. Um, think, about, mm -hmm. think about your history a little more. Um, mm -hmm. and, and your homework, since we kind of did this last time too, uh, something that I want you to do going forward, but I will also strive to do as well, is to consider the history and the revolutions, especially, that mm -hmm. are not taught in school. The Haitian mm. Revolution, I think, is the most important one. The book I would recommend that you read is Black Jacobins. Uh, and when you learn about these other revolutions that were actually by the truly oppressed people, the slaves, mm. the French working class, uh, and you compare them to the American Revolution of these uh, hoity-toity, upper-class, white slave oh. owners, mm. uh, and you will, you will see some big differences and I think that that is history that is very important. It's also very interesting to, uh, to read about the Haitian Revolution and the things that went on there and how the slaves earned their freedom uh, and are still free to this day on the island of Haiti. They uh, sort of. There's some American interference there. But we, it's an interesting perspective. So, so Matt, do you have any final thoughts here? Oh, I guess as my parting thoughts go. I, I want to maintain, and I want, I want to maintain um, 
that I, I still believe that there are things that America has achieved that are good and positive. And I am still proud to, I mean, call me whatever you want, but I'm still proud to uh, live in America. And I still think that my country is pretty good. Are you proud um, to be an American? Oh, no. Well, yeah, I guess. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just wondering because you didn't say that. So I was uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I just don't want people to call me a super ultra nationalist. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, yes. I, and I think obviously I have to believe my country, believe in my country to a certain degree because I want to join the army. Uh, but I think, I, I think that certainly the revolution did not, it, it was not all it's cracked up to be. Um, that's sort of what we ended up agreeing to. Uh, but I think that it did ultimately, you still have not convinced me that it was not at least somewhat good because I still think that it achieved things afterward and long, obviously long after many of these people were dead. Um, but then but did I it actually think, achieve it though? Yeah, it I did mean, for the most well, part. Right, yeah, well, since, I mean, since there's no more, a little more runtime, this is something that I, I love to ask people about because everyone has okay. a different answer. Why are you proud to be an American? Going to put well, you on the spot there. Okay, put me on the spot. Well, I think you can think about saying, that for a little too. It's a hard question. Well, I have you. You've done this to me multiple times, so I, I kind of have an answer already worked out. Um, but yeah, I guess something I, I the reason I am proud to be American is because of documents of the Bill of Rights mostly, and I believe that it has brought freedom to many people. Um, I mean, of course, it was over many years, and it wasn't immediate. But I think that it, it sort of, it eventually, it eventually gave um, these promises to people. And I think it's still, there's still much work to be done. And it's sort of nice that our country has a goal like that. And I'm proud that it is a goal that I am, that I agree with, and I'm happy, happy about. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Bill of, Bill of Rights, that's an interesting take. Yeah, well, I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. This one, I think, is a little shorter than last time. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was really paying attention. Yeah, it was, it was a good conversation. Hopefully, uh, maybe you'll think about some stuff. Uh, and thank you for listening. You can find our podcast yep, yep. on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts and maybe Spotify if we can figure yeah, that probably out. Yeah, not. Neither um, of us has a Spotify account. So. Yeah, neither of us has Spotify, but that's where you can find the show. Um, if you know someone who you think would like it, uh, please recommend us, uh, drop a review. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you all for listening. See you uh, on the next have one. Have a great 4th of July.